You Can Mentor is a podcast about the power of building relationships with kids from hard places in the name of Jesus. Every episode will help you overcome common mentoring obstacles and give you the confidence you need to invest in the lives of others. You Can Mentor. Oh, yo, what's up? Yeah. I don't want to say anymore because Stephen Mai put me on the podcast. But now that you're on the podcast, we got to make sure we don't talk real fast because some people listen on two times speed and it's really hard to listen. <laughs> I do talk so fast. I'm do you listen talking. on two times speed? That's crazy. Mm, more like two and a half. Two and a half? You are, you're what a professional podcast listener. Can we talk about the Cowboys for a second? No. Man. No. The Cowboys Because the Cowboys good. could be doing awesome once this podcast goes out, or they could be doing horrible. So, Zach, let's just do the thing that you wanted to do when we walked in the room. 98% of my listening is good Christian music, you know, just mm. uplifting. Casting crowns. In the light. I do love casting crowns. Oh, that my God. Your love is extravagant. Your friendship. Oh, man. It has my no dad man. loves that oh, album. Intimate. It's such a good song. Anyways, uh, I listened to the version by Daryl Evans, not Casting Crowns. Mm. Not that there's anything wrong with Casting okay. Crowns. It's good. But that song's legit. Anyways, most of the time I'm walking <laughs> in the light, you know, spirits inside, just, hey, Gars, let's pop on some Michael W. He's got a nickname for you. Whom I love. Oh yeah. goodness. Of course. Just like the song says, friendship is intimate, wow. you know? Come on. I'm telling you guys, that song's deep. Listen to it mm-hmm. multiple times. Um, anyways, the other 2% I listen to gangster rap. Okay, don't worry. It's edited. <laughs> okay, but last night it was a hard it was a hard night, you know, not because of anything that happened. I was just tired. On nights like that, what better way to calm down than to listen to some Coolio circa 1998? <laughs> oh <my. laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I think if I had a walk-up song, mm. this would be it. And that's the question today. What would your walk-up song be if you were a professional athlete? Uh, mine would be Swoop. Uh, he has a song called Hall of Fame. It's awesome. How does it go? So good. I be grinding all day and all night. <laughs> yeah. Hall of Fame. Uh, on my mind. Yeah. Trying to be the greatest uh. of all time and say it's all God. Yeah. Okay. That's a okay. good one. That's good. That's good. Um, what about you, Cash? Mine is All of the Lights by Kanye West. Ooh, okay. Ding, 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 ding. All of the lights in it, baby. That's good. And then it keeps going. I just picture myself in a little boxing. I don't box, but if I did, that's what my walk-up song would be, especially for that kind of athletic event yeah okay it's awesome with the little the little outfit the little hood thing my wife sarah and i were talking about this last night and i wanted you guys to hear what she had to say sarah tell me why you'd pick sweet emotion by Aerosmith smith as your walk-up song well because i like the way it starts Sweet. <laughs> That's it. That's the only reason why. Oh shit. 
Yeah, it sounds awesome when you're walking out. Well, I guess that's all a walk-up song has to be. Yeah. I mean, you can't really sum up everything that you are in one song. And if you can, you're a fool. (laughs) Good point. (laughs) You're so wise, sweetheart. We need to have her on the podcast. She is real cool. I like her a lot. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Welcome to episode 14. We are going to talk about how to earn your mentee's attention. Every mentor experiences uh, some point in their relationship. uh, They wish their mentee would pay attention more, Mm -hmm. care more about the things they want to show them and teach them and help them with. And so you might be listening and you're, you're coming into a mentor relationship, hoping to give your mentee everything you have, everything you've learned, but it doesn't matter if at the end of the day, they're not interested in you or what you have to say yeah, or what you want to envision them in or what you're desiring uh, if you don't get their attention. Right. For sure. And like, that's so frustrating, right? Like it's so frustrating whenever you as a mentor, you know, you're like, man, I'm going to go pick up my kid and I'm going to spend time with them and I'm going to tell them some stuff. Um, but you pick them up and they just don't care. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't care what we have to say. They don't care what we think. They don't think that it's worth their time or worth their focus. Um, and so I know I've been there, guys, as a mentor. Um, whenever they don't give you their attention, it can it can feel defeating. It yeah. can feel super frustrating. Um, but just because... It doesn't seem like they're not paying attention. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean that they're not paying attention. That's good. As a first side note, we just want to say welcome to the club. If you're experiencing this, like, <laughs> yeah, that's yes. part for the course in mentoring yes. for your kid to not pay attention well. And uh-huh. there's a lot of reasons for that. And we're going to talk about a few of those, but this is a place that we can grow as mentors is just acknowledging that that is normal. That's completely normal. You're not a bad mentor mm-hmm. because yeah. your kid's not paying attention. Yeah, like I had the kid that we mentored live with us for a couple years. I'm not kidding around. I don't think there was one time when it felt like he was paying attention to me, mm-hmm. when it felt like he heard what I was saying or things like that. Um, I can look at him now. He's 23, I think. And some of the things that I think that he wasn't hearing, I think maybe he was. In today's episode, we're going to talk about how to earn your mentee's attention. Mm-hmm. And I just want to clarify that is so countercultural in mentoring relationships because when you're in a business setting and you're a mentee looking for a mentor, you are the one that has to get the mentor's attention. Yeah, for sure. You have to put forward Mm -hmm. the effort. You have to put yourself out there. You have to work hard and make a name for yourself to get mentored by the guys that you see you want to be like. And this world is the complete opposite. We're, we encourage mentors to earn your mentee's attention, to get in their space, to kneel down eye level and work to earn their uh, respect. Yeah. Which yeah. Most mentors feel like, well, I am worthy of respect. Right, right. I'm, I'm making six figures. I'm, I mean, fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. This kid should look up to me naturally mm-hmm. and want to be as successful as I am. But ultimately kids from hard places aren't going to attach to you and respect you unless you earn their respect, earn their attention by 
getting down on their level and, mm-hmm. and meeting them where they're at. Yeah. And so that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. And just, I just want to acknowledge, thank you mentors for living counterculturally as you mm. pursue to earn your mentee's attention. The foundation of that is humility, right? It's saying, yeah. Hey, yeah, I have achieved this. I do have a great marriage. I, I have been successful in business. I, I am what this world would call a pretty successful dude. Mm. Um, but I'm going to humble myself and mm-hmm. I'm going to take the time because I know that this kid has been burned before. Cause I know that he doesn't just freely give out his trust that, um, that it's actually a protect protection mechanism. Right. Um, but as a mentor, I'm going to humbly go through the process to earn this kid's respect, to earn yeah. the right to be heard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that phrase, earn the right to be heard. That's and, good. And you earn the right to be heard by showing up, being patient, mm-hmm. being like Jesus, mm-hmm. and being consistent, all of that good stuff. Yeah. We'll spin our wheels trying to convince these kids that we're successful Yeah. when really we just need to convince them that we care. So that kind of leads us into our first broad topic um, today, which is we're going to talk about their brain. Time to get brainy. Let's talk about the brain. (laughs) (laughs) It's just helpful to kind of understand where our kids are at developmentally um, so that we can actually get on their level and understand Okay, what is their brain doing as a as they grow? Right. So, to start things off, did you know that half of the calories consumed by an average five year old are used to fuel the brain? No, that is mind blowing. <laughs> I, I just a picture five. a little <laughs> I, I sound effect. I have a, I have a stutter, <laughs> <laughs> but I. <laughs> But I have a five-year-old kid and man, he is just, his little brain is going crazy. Like he's learning so, so much and he's so active yeah. and it's like, man. So half the food you put in his body yeah. is fueling his brain. That's insane. Which is crazy because he only eats goldfish. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a lot of goldfish. Wow. It's a lot of goldfish. He's so cute though. Little ZJ. In the show notes, put a picture of ZJ. Okay. Folks, he's cute. Wow. He is so cute. I got to ask his permission. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. Um, so because your brain is taking half of the calories that it's consuming to be fueled, um, it means that it's just has so much, needs so much energy, um, especially as kids are growing and develop, uh, developing. Um, so we, one, want to say that we don't have all the time in the world to get through every single developmental thing that's going on in your kids. Uh, No, we don't. (laughs) Nor are we the experts. We got to go eat tacos there. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) We are not the experts on neurology or childhood development, um, but these are just some things that we've learned. While we aren't the experts, we uh, have read some books. Mm -hmm. And so um, we will put those in the show notes, but anything by... Karen Purvis and oh, anything KP. coming out of uh, TCU, they've got an incredible childhood development program that talks mm-hmm. about um, kids with trauma. Trust-based relational intervention. Trust-based relational intervention. So anything by Karen Purvis, um, Daniel Siegel's good. You guys, if you're curious about mm-hmm. how the brain works. It's just actually. good to know 
a couple of basic things that are going on. If you're working with kids, if you have kids, just to yeah. understand where they're at and where they truly can't be. Yeah. Right. If right. you want them to be at point B, they their brain is at point A and they mm-hmm. won't get to point B yeah. for X money years. So and all of this comes back to there's always a reason why. There's no such thing as a bad kid. Sometimes they're just going through this like super weird growth in their brain and they just like don't have the ability totally. to pay attention for six hours. Yeah. When you, when you think about kids in school who are mm-hmm. going without meals and how governments kind of institute giving meals to kids, don't just think about, oh, this kid doesn't have a meal. Think this kid doesn't have fuel for his brain yeah. to develop. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. And that that's such a huge deal. So let's talk about the prefrontal cortex. Ooh, I feel yeah. like that's what we've been wanting to talk about. This yo, whole yo, time. yo, 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 yo. <laughs> We're talking about the PFC. Can <laughs> <laughs> I say that? Uh, no. Sure. It just sounds so cool whenever <laughs> you say it like that. So the prefrontal cortex is the the part of the brain that's used for decision making, mm-hmm. relationships, learning, reading, All thinking, remembering, focusing, solving problems. What you think about when you think about the brain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is that part. Uh so it's a large part of the brain. Um and ultimately it is the most immature part of a child's brain. Right. This is the part of the brain that develops over your entire, uh, I mean, into your mid twenties. Yeah. And so. Yeah. Mine's not fully developed yet. <laughs> uh, I think mine is, even though sometimes it might not seem like it is because <laughs> I, because I say raps about the prefrontal cortex. 25 years. It takes 25 years for it to yeah. it's crazy. develop, which is awesome. Yeah. And so, and then even I, I watched a Ted talk, which I'll post this, but in adolescence, there's a rewiring that happens mm-hmm. in the prefrontal cortex. So if you ever have like a, a teenager who is acting out like a yeah. three-year-old, yeah, this it's because their brain mm-hmm. is resetting right. and letting, uh, it's called synaptic pruning, where you let bad thoughts, bad connections die away. Mm-hmm. But in the process, there's like, there's just a lot of disconnect. Yeah. And so that's, it's just really crazy how our brain works. It's really interesting. Um just something along those lines during puberty. Um, if you're a mentor for a kid that's going through puberty, it's one of the most influential times in a kid's life because this, this is when the synaptic pruning really begins. Mm -hmm. Um, and you as a mentor have a chance to really, um, help rewire their brain to make better connections towards relationships or even feelings to, um, connecting feelings to a relationship with an older man or an older woman or whatever those things look like. So don't take it, don't take your job lightly as a mentor. Um, especially during these really influential years of, um, you know, being a teenager and all those things. And I mean, just like us as mentors, first off, if you're just mentoring a kid period, but especially if you're mentoring a kid between the ages of 10 to 18, we've got to give ourselves some grace here Totally, because Mm -hmm. mentoring a a kid in that age frame is hard enough. Mm -hmm. And then when you mix the things that they've been through, when you mix trauma and you mix poverty and you mix um, negative influences and negative environments, it just makes it that much more difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, But man, what an awesome opportunity that those are the kids who one would argue that they need the most love. They need the most attention. They need the most positive adults in their lives who are giving them love. Um, and that's what you're doing. Yeah. As a mentor, I was downstairs at our after school program this past week and I was just blown away by the amount of need that our kids have. Uh, but I was so grateful to the Lord that 
he's provided mentors and our staff and people who would get down on their level and enter into their lives and give them love and attention just like Jesus. Uh, the life of a kid, it's kind of like you have an antenna up and you're receiving all of these signals, but it's different from a radio that's just kind of passing it through into your speaker. It's going into them and they're receiving all of these different inputs. And so when we talk about trauma and we talk about all of those things, those things aren't just passing through them. Mm-hmm. They are connecting to a deep place within them that attaches certain beliefs and ideas about how the world works and yeah. how they fit into that world. And so really mentoring is in many ways, we are retraining their minds to believe certain things about the world and about themselves and yep. about relationships to where really that's, that is what Jesus does. Mm-hmm. When Jesus calls us to repent and believe, he's calling us to a to change our minds. Right. Yeah, and, and that call doesn't just come from a place of uh, absent from God's power and presence in their life. And so when, when we are as mentors enter into the life of a kid, we are calling them to believe differently about mm-hmm. themselves, about others, and about God. Right. And, and so it's just so crucial. So yeah. again, thank you so much every man and woman who's investing in the life of a kid. That's right. You have no idea how much you're changing their mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So let's get into practicals. So how do you, how do you earn your mentee's attention before you end up in an urn and are dead somewhere? (laughs) First practical is earn their attention by giving them yours. Woo. Mm. That's good. It's a great principle to live by as a mentor. It's good. That's so hard because we understand mentors that this is not your full-time job. We get it that you probably have a thousand things going on from your own job and your own responsibilities and your own families. And you've got deadlines and you've got meetings and you've got other commitments and oh my gosh, there's so much going on. And by the way, I'm going to take 90 minutes out of my busy day to spend time with a kid. Man, we understand that. It's so easy. I have been guilty of this a thousand times to not turn off my brain, not turn off work, not turn off my cell phone. Yeah, I'm with them physically, but I'm emotionally and spiritually a thousand miles away. Thinking about something else. Oh, mm-hmm. oh yeah. Hey, 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 Jimmy, how's it going today? But in in my head, I'm like, gosh, I've got that deadline tomorrow and I can't stop thinking about it. I have to text this person. I got to pick up my kid at 730. Uh, right. And mm-hmm. so that is hard. Like sounds sounds simple, but not so simple. We do it to our spouses. Uh, so surely we're going to do it to the kids we mentor. I mean, I don't because <laughs> I'm perfect husband. Sarah, if you're listening so to this, I, I love you. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, yeah, some people do that. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. And when we talked about being countercultural, Jesus is the greatest example of doing this. He does not come to be served, but to serve. He doesn't come seeking everyone's attention. He comes as a baby. He comes in humility. He doesn't come as a king. He comes as he comes with a cross to sacrifice, to lay down his life yep. and to make much of us. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, that that speaks to the heart of a mentor that we have to go low and earn their attention, not just seek theirs. Right. Especially in today's world where there's so many things fighting for our kids' attention. Um, it's pretty rare. 
I would assume that the kids that we spend time with, they're not getting a lot of um, one-on-one time with an adult who right. cares about them, who is for them, and who has no agenda except yeah. to love them and to build a relationship with them. Yeah. Keep in mind, too, that that might be awkward for them, that mm-hmm. they might have no idea how to even act mm-hmm. whenever they're sitting in a car with a dude asking them a bunch of questions. So, yeah, Grace. Um, this kind of brings us right into our next point of you can earn their attention by finding out what brings them joy. They're both correlated, but when you give someone your attention um, without expecting to get theirs back, um, you just have an opportunity to study them in some ways um, and ask some really good questions and learn and glean as much information as you can about the kid that you're mentoring yeah. um, from your interactions with them. And that, that means that you have to become a good question asker. Man, expert question asker, mm-hmm. right? It really is all about them. Mm-hmm. It's their agenda, not yours. Sometimes whenever I spend time with a kid that I mentor, I'm like, okay, today we're going to talk about how to make good grades or we're going to talk about this. We're going to talk about that. Like it's my agenda, but it's different when you're going into like, okay, Lord, like help me ask the right questions. Help me find out what they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then trust you that that's what, that's the conversation that needs to be had today. Right. I know that it might seem like our kids only care about Xbox, mm-hmm. you know, or our kids might only care about uh, sports. But if you can ask the right questions, then you can kind of find out what's behind that. Totally. Oh, he's all about sports. Why is he all about sports? Let me ask questions. Well, I'm all about sports because that's the only time that my mom says that she's proud of me. Mm. Oh, so what, what you're really after is affirmation. Let's talk about that. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, that's the deep stuff. A practical on asking good questions. Don't feel like you're cheating if you write down their answers. Oh, for sure. Remember totally the things that you've asked them. If they told Mm -hmm. you their favorite color is blue, don't forget that mug. Right. Write that down. Yeah. And uh, another great way to do that, and this is a great way to connect with mom in the mentoring relationship is to, or, or whoever the guardian is, to send them the things that you're learning about their uh, child. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that, that shows them that you're engaged and that you care about their life. Right. And when, when you do that, it, it just develops trust in a way that you can't just by holding the information to yourself. And so if I find out something about the kid I mentor, if I text mom, like, Hey, I asked, I asked so-and-so about like who his favorite football player is. And he said, this guy, and like, it would be so cool to, to go see him play one day or yada, yada. I think that that can go a long way as well as be a reminder to us mm-hmm. of just keeping, keeping what gives them joy before our minds every time we meet with them. Right. I think it's a super important distinction to make that joy doesn't always mean fun. And what I mean by that is like, you don't have to be taking your kids to, Six Flags. You don't need to be going to these like super extravagant places to pull joy from these kids because every kid will, yes, those are really fun things and absolutely can go do those things with them. Mm -hmm. But joy doesn't equal fun or extravagant. Joy can be riding your bike or, you know, going to Y Rock Lake in Dallas and going fishing with them or like just really simple things, taking them, just taking them with you um, to run errands and just hanging out with them and Yes, those extravagant things are really fun and can be 
great every once in a while, but that does not equal pulling joy or learning about your kids because you can learn about your kids in really, really simple mm-hmm. settings. Yeah. Um, Going back to asking questions to find out what brings them joy, try to phrase your questions in a way that makes them have to explain it, right? Like mm-hmm. no yes or no questions, because if you've ever hung out with a teenager, that's like their MO. Like I only want to give you as few words as possible. You're going to run out of questions real quick. Oh yeah, most definitely. Um, but Hey, tell me more about that. Right. I think that that's a great question, you know, um, you know, or tell me why you feel that way or asking why, you know, uh, okay. You like to spend all of your time doing fill in the blank. Why is that? Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and then in that you're kind of finding out the need behind the deed, right? Like what is it that they need that they're trying to get through doing this deed? Yeah. Um, what in, in y'all's experience when their answer is, I don't know, Yeah. what do you, how, how much do you push? I think it depends on what the topic is. I think for me, if I've developed a relationship and they say, I don't know, then, and I know that we've had conversations about X thing in the past, I could say, Hey, this is what I know about this. And so I know that, you know, something, right. And I know this is what I know to be true. And this is how you've expressed you feel or what you see about this situation, um, whether it be a good or bad thing. And so I know that you, I know that you have an answer. And so I, I usually, I am way more likely to kind of let the silence sit a little bit Oh yeah, and let it be awkward, um, and push them and like, I know that you have an answer and I know that you're capable of telling me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I mean, I can, I can be a little pushy, but it definitely depends on the subject. And if I've earned the right and the trust about that scenario. Yeah. And I think this is a great opportunity to lean into the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. Okay, Lord, what is it that you're doing? Do you want me to push? Do you want me to wait? Do you want me to say, Hey, look, man, I know that, or I know you have an opinion about this, or if you don't have an opinion about this, why don't you think about it this week? And we'll talk Mm -hmm. about it next week. Yeah. And this kind of goes back, Stephen, to what we were talking about earlier in writing down your stuff, especially now with iPhones. And if you have a smartphone, you can just put in the things that you've talked about in notes mm-hmm. um, and just be like a reminder for next week. Don't forget to bring up the topic of fill in the blank again. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like that because if, yeah. if you get an, I don't know, that means you either table it for another discussion. Yeah. And since you asked it, now they're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. more than they ever have right. possibly. Right. And you can ask it again and maybe they'll have an answer or you rephrase your question more simply. So if you ask, what's your favorite restaurant? Maybe they don't know what the word restaurant means, which that restaurant word seems normal to us, but you say, where do you like to eat food? Mm-hmm. They know, they know what kind of food they like or yeah. where they like to eat it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, Sometimes our questions, we can assume that they understand what we're asking. I think our kids have a lot more to say than we think that they do. Mm-hmm. And our kids have a lot more to say than they think that they do. Mm-hmm. Um, just because they aren't skilled yet in the art of articulation, that doesn't mean that they don't have anything to say. 
I think one of our main jobs as a mentor is to teach them how to process and teach them how to have a conversation and teach them how to, you know, if they would like, if you think that it would help them to verbally process Mm -hmm. hard topics with an adult that they trust with an adult who can ask questions to where they, you know, they might not say it, man, mentor, I've never thought about that before. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to think about that. They might not ever say that, but that might be what they're thinking. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You might ask a question when they're 14 that they might not be able to answer until they're 18, but you've given them an opportunity that that question is now in their head and they can think about Mm -hmm. it from time to time. And it gives the Lord an opportunity to revisit that when the time is right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We look at little kids and we we were kind of talking about this um, at the beginning, but how a five-year-old's brain, I mean, we're talking about ZJ, like his brain is going a million miles a minute and he's talking, he's noticing every single thing and he's telling mom what he sees and what he feels and what he thinks about every single thing. I mean, it, it may just look like it's just word vomit. It's just so many things going on at once. Um, but what can happen is when kids experience trauma, that curiosity gets completely shut down because it's like, Hey, stop talking. Mom's busy or Hey, okay, I'll, we'll visit this later. Or I don't want to hear about that or whatever. And so that curiosity and those really good and exciting things, whether it makes no sense or a ton of sense that can get shut down. And so then our kids realize or start to think or believe the lie. Yeah. No one wants to hear from me what matters to me or what I think is cool or interesting or important. It doesn't matter. And they can shut down. And so we are, we're kind of re-engaging their curiosity in some ways by asking good questions yeah. and creating an environment where that brain that is still going a million miles, miles a minute can be expressed and yeah. can be verbally, can be verbally expressed. And where we are creating an environment where if your second grader is saying a ton of things where that's okay and invited. Yeah. Mentoring is not just telling kids what to do or how to do it. Mm -hmm. It's asking them what they think. It's asking them how they feel. It's diving into the way they see the world and helping them to express it in a, in a tangible way Mm -hmm. that they begin, the wheels start turning. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I mean, I love how our practical on figuring out what brings them joy has led into this conversation about asking good questions because asking good questions is a major part of mentoring and Mm. it's a major part of our lives. Yeah. Most kids are told what to do all day. Right. They're not asked how they feel. And I think a mentor opens up another part of their brain that actually dreams and believes and has to to process Mm. where they're at. And that creates a personality that creates... Sure. The person. Well, and I mean, as a former teacher and as someone who's worked with kids um, between the ages of, you know, eight and 22 for the last 20 years, um, I am sometimes amazed at their inability to, I don't want to say think for themselves because that makes them sound like they're not intelligent, but I don't see them really taking risks and thinking of new ideas and being creative and things like that. Um, and those are tools that it takes to be successful. I mean, whether you're an entrepreneur or whether you have to Mm -hmm. problem solve Mm -hmm. or, um, think of different, um, solutions to an issue that you guys are having, 
um, thinking for yourself and having the confidence to do that. Yeah. That's a huge part of being a positive and productive adult. Yeah. So good. Mm -hmm. So what if, what if my mentee, what brings him joy is like bullying kids and yeah, well, like there's something unhealthy that he really enjoys. I mean, I think getting to the why of bullying the kid is maybe you're not going to necessarily start there, but we don't want to like support that behavior. Right. Um, but I think it's really important as a mentor to, I mean, we've said this already today of just, there's always a reason why. And so there's a reason why this kid enjoys bullying kids or enjoys destructive behavior or whatever that might be and getting behind that and like really kind of learning what the why is so that you can then the why may not be bad. Like the why may not may the why may be a hurt, but how do you channel that from going to destructive behavior to going to life giving behavior Yeah, for sure. and utilizing that why, but we have to get there first. And so utilize the why may be well, because this is how I, you know, this is what makes me feel cool or this is what, this is what gets me friends. Mm. So the why may be a need for friendship. Okay. Well, if we can get to the need for friendship, how do we channel that from destructive behavior to life giving? Right. And then, well, let me introduce you to maybe you have another friend who's mentoring a kid right? or maybe this kid is in a school and you know, other kids or your, your son or your daughter is their mm-hmm. age. Yeah. And you can start making these other connections that are life-giving and healthy versus destructive. Really good. Yeah. And how can you take their gifts and their passions, kind of like what Cash was just saying, and point them towards Jesus, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I there was one of my good friends in college who was the life of the party, right? I mean, this guy was always center stage. He was a ton of fun, but he really loved the scene where it was just, just this wild party. Right. And then someone who loved Jesus introduced him to the Christian camp scene. And there it was like, he was still doing everything that he loved to do. It just was in a redeemed mm-hmm. environment. Like a right? healthy, positive yeah, like a environment, healthy, positive. Mm-hmm. I mean, this guy was the life of camp. I mean, he was the star mm-hmm. of every skit and he was jumping up and down and going crazy. And he was doing basically the same thing that he was doing at his parties. It's just, he was doing it now for Jesus. You can identify if a kid is, is a leader, you know, and our job as mentors is to guide them from, Hey, you're leading in a way that isn't positive. Let's try to figure out how to lead for Jesus mm-hmm. or whether they're sensitive or whether they're compassionate. I have a sense um, I feel like the, I feel like the Lord has really given me a sense of discernment. Whenever, um, I was not following Jesus, I could discern people's weaknesses mm-hmm. and I used that to build myself up cause I would make fun of them. Mm-hmm. Right. I could in my heart say, man, this kid is really sensitive in this area. I'm going to attack it for my own personal gain, but someone taught me how to redeem that for Jesus. And now the Lord uses that to really enter into the lives of people and say, Hey man, let me enter into this hard spot and show you compassion and love. And let me show you how, what some might call a weakness is actually a strength. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I sure hope that that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it does. I think it's important to note that like um, something that you might see as a destructive behavior may not in reality be, 
destructive, like for instance, video games or something that you just, that you just don't like yeah. or that you wish you there was less of. About. Yeah. Um, that may not be a hill to die on today. And sure, there may be a conversation in the future of, Hey buddy, let's not spend every moment of free time playing <laughs> video games, but it's okay to play 2K. It's okay. While mentoring. <laughs> and it's a true story. It is. And it is. If that brings them joy, I just don't think that they're, that every, everything that you have an opinion about is a hill to die on. And there is, that goes back to humility and just, yeah. okay, is my perspective always the right one? No, yeah. it's not. Um, hey, this actually reminds me of a situation that I saw one time at one of our events. Um, where we had this mentor and the kid was always playing on his phone. I, I want to hear what Adam was thinking whenever he looked over and saw his kid on his phone and what he did to enter into his world and how he ultimately used that to better his relationship with the kid that he mentored. You know, I wanted to be frustrated at first. Here we are at a family dinner and uh, Chutavius just wants to sit there and play games on his phone. So my, my first reaction was to really just kind of say, hey, man, what are you doing? Stop. We're at a family dinner. You need to be talking to others and, and participating. But, you know, what I found was actually a much better response was just to kind of put everything on hold and say, hey, can I play? And so, um, yeah, we just got to spend some time really just doing what he wanted to do and just spend some time really bonding over this thing that at first I wanted to rebuke and, and kind of tell him was a wrong thing to be doing at the time. But instead, by really just spending time doing what he wanted to do, it was, it was a really fun experience and it was something we bonded over. And, you know, I think in the end, there was a there was really a win there, just um, kind of the bonding and the, uh, the growing of the relationship, just spending that time doing something simple that he really enjoyed doing, even if, even if at the time I didn't think it was really appropriate. But, you know, you got to pick your battles. And at this point, um, I think it was the right decision. Wow. Love that. Let's talk about our last point now. We, as mentors, need to earn our mentee's attention by commanding it, mm -hmm. not demanding it. And so I know that that statement probably sounds weird to somebody, but everyone knows the guy in the room that's always like, pay attention to me. Like, uh, yeah. look at me. Yeah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but the, I mean, the best image is like Russell Crowe gladiator who is like leading the charge and he's calling everyone into battle, but he's going first. Right. Mm -hmm. Like, and so, yes, he's, he's commissioning people to come with him, but he's going. And I think that that kind of leadership demands attention mm -hmm. in a way that commanding it never will. And so that, I mean, I think that's why Jesus came in humility and came to die his self-sacrifice was he was setting an example that everyone in the world looks at and it demands something. It demands a response from you. And it's not just Jesus showing up on the scene in glory saying, everyone worship me. It's watch my life and have your, your life turned upside down by the way that I live. Yeah. And, um, I think that is a really powerful thing. Um, that can honestly come against uh, all the distractions in the world that our kids are facing these days. That if you live 
an undistracted life following Jesus, that's going to distract people away from all these other things that are grabbing for their attention. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think this kind of goes back to our saying, you know, there's more that is caught than taught. Yeah. And so often your kids are learning so much just by watching you. Um, And yes, it is our job to teach our kids with our words, Hey, this is the right way to go. But, um, I've had more mentors that I've learned just by watching, by watching them be a husband, by watching them have a conversation at dinner, by watching them be a boss, by watching them be a father. Um, that's how I've learned. And I can remember times I can replay images in my head that I've seen some of my mentors do things. And in my mind, I'm thinking, man, that's awesome. I want to be like that. I don't really ever remember a lot of conversations that I've had where someone's been like, Hey, today we're going to talk about how to be a man. Mm -hmm. Um, I do remember a couple of those where some man sat me down and said, Hey Zach, you've got pride in your life. Let's talk about that. Um, but for the most part, um, it's been experiences. It's been more has been caught in how to be a godly man than taught. Um, which is so crazy because we spend so much time teaching. There's so many books, so many podcasts, so many sermons. Um, and sometimes I just wonder if um, we shouldn't be focusing more on creating experiences um, as opposed to teaching. It's important to remember like the way that you talk to others, not even your kid, but when your kid is there, the way that you're talking to other people and interacting with other people is huge because they are learning. Most definitely. They're learning that, Oh, that's different. Or, they were so kind or, and when that's consistent to that consistency in behavior is really a big deal. I wonder how much this concept is reflected in our children, in, in the kids where if, if our MO is listen to me, look at me, like all the little things that are just kind of, I'm trying to get your attention, how that reflects in the way our kids function. Well, it comes down to the simple saying, you will recreate who you are. Mm -hmm. And if you want the kid that you mentor to be kind, if you want them to love Jesus, if you want them to be patient, if you want them to lead and do the things of Jesus, well, they're, they're going to learn that from you. Um, and they're going to learn so much more from your actions than from your words. And so this kind of comes back to being a good mentor and discipling someone and mentoring someone and investing into their lives, it starts with you. Yeah. It starts with your character. It starts with your relationship with Jesus. It starts with how humble you are. It starts mm-hmm. with how open you are and saying, man, spending time with Jesus is the most important thing in my life. Well, you can say that or you can do it. And him watching you do it is going to have so much more of an impact than you saying it. Yeah. You can tell a kid, Hey, be nice. But what's really going to catch his attention is when you are nice. Mm-hmm. Wow. And so that's why so much of mentoring, especially mentoring a kid who you're trying to get him to follow Jesus, it starts with your own personal walk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It starts with you being fed by the Lord. It starts with your intimate relationship with him. It starts with you depending on him and being humble and going to the vine day after day after day because you will reproduce who you are. It's that simple. It's really good. I'm a tad bit convicted here just because I really want to live a life where someone looks at me, especially a kid, 
and says, I want to be like that. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to live a life that looks different, that makes the kid ask questions. Man, how come Garza does that mm-hmm. whenever every other guy that I know does this? How come he's, he's nice when people are mean and so on? Um, and man, it's, it really is just everything that makes me different starts with my relationship with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Everything. And I want to be in the world but I don't want to look like the world because we as Christians, as followers of Jesus, we look different. Um, and our actions are going to teach our kids how to be different and how to truly have success as the Lord sees it instead of how the world sees it. That is today's episode. We're so thankful for you listening. Hopefully you picked up some tips and tricks on how to earn your mentee's attention. But just to go over them real quick, earn your mentee's attention by giving them yours. Give them your attention instead of demanding they give them, give give you theirs. Um, and ask good questions. Earn your mentee's attention by seeking out and asking questions about what they enjoy because you're going to learn so much about them through that that's going to ask help you to ask more questions and understand their story Mm -hmm. because there's always a reason why everything that they do and then our last practical was just earn your mentee's attention by commanding it not demanding it that if you live a life following jesus undistracted you're going to pull them away from all the distractions in life because your life is captivating because Jesus captures people's attention by the way that he lives, not, not just the way that he demands attention. More is caught than taught. Thank you guys so much for listening. Check our show notes for more information about the brain because mm-hmm. we are not brainologists. Ugh. So <laughs> please go listen to some Ted talks yeah. and read some articles about what's happening in Uh, that developmental phase of a child, specifically children who have faced trauma, Mm -hmm. uh, societal issues, injustices, that will help you so much in your mentor relationship. And if there's nothing you picked up from today's episode, let it be this. You can mentor. You can.